0: Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the
1: upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy. Five, four, three, two, one. We are wrapping up this Labor Day weekend with a Mass and All Access podcast. We're working for you to keep bringing the best nationals coverage. Across the board, Bobby Blanco, Paul Mancano, uh, Mass and All Access Podcast. Please subscribe, like, and share on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud. And give us a follow at Bobby Blanco Blanco, at Paul Mancano on Twitter. Paul, how'd you spend your weekend? Uh, The Nationals lose two out of three to the Brewers, but they win in walk-off fashion today. So, good weekend, bad weekend?
0: Yeah. I mean, I... uh, Middle ground? For us, a lot of our holidays we work, you know. It's uh it's baseball the grind. never sleeps. Baseball nope. never sleeps. Baseball nights and weekends and holidays, you know, it's a rough life that we live going to baseball games every single night. I mean, it's brutal. It's I can't think of anything more deserving of the Labor Day holiday than honoring people like us. Yeah. W- w- good hardworking Americans. Um, you know, we built this country. Yep. You and me, Bobby. Yes. From the ground up. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I chilled this weekend. Yeah. I, I barely worked, so uh, it was a uh, it was a good time. Those
1: listening to this podcast, please send us your deepest sympathies. Paul and I have to work, watching and covering baseball and talking about baseball a yeah. day. It's brutal. For us. Um, yeah. So four three walk off winning against the Cardinals. A good way to start the week after losing two or three to the Brewers at home. Obviously, the headliner this weekend was the Gio Gonzalez trade. Not yeah. only that. He was traded before uh, Friday night's uh, midnight deadline, I guess, or I guess Saturday mornings, whatever you want to call it, but, uh, to be traded. But he goes to the team the Nationals were actually playing, so he just goes down the hall yeah. to the next clubhouse. Um, Paul, you and I were working that night. We saw his post-game uh, interview. Obviously, very an emotional guy. Um, He's a fan favorite. He's a clubhouse favorite. He's a media favorite. Uh, I don't think you were around here just yet with us at Masson when we used to work with him and do meet and greets with uh, fans, and he was always fantastic with that. Couldn't say uh, nicer things about Gio Gonzalez, but it is a business. The Brewers need pitching. The Nationals are pretty much giving up on this season, this last month, not assuming they're going to make a run. Um, Then the Gio Gonzalez era comes to a close in D.C.
0: And what an era it was. uh, If he was – if nothing else, very durable and very reliable. I mean,
1: people will have a lot, and people do say a lot about Gio Gonzalez um, on Twitter. You know, we see it a lot, but yep. like you said, durable. I mean, the guy gave, a th- uh, I want to say it's close to 30 starts a year, and he yeah. only won the disabled list once in six years. I mean, you just don't see that nowadays. In, yep. in baseball, and especially in pitchers. I mean, guy, look at guy, look, Steven Strasburg. Even Max Scherzer has spent time on the DL. Yep. Um, it's Chris Sale has gone back and forth in the DL up in Boston. So it's tough. And the fact that Gio was able to consistently give you starts, however good they may be, I mean, that's can't go without saying and uh, not underappreciated.
0: He made 213 starts in his seven seasons with the Nationals. Uh, ERA, by the way, over those seven seasons, 3.62. Pretty darn good. That's, that's a solid. Very solid. Number two or number three starter for a while. He had a 20 win season. He had an all star appearance with the Nationals. And one of those guys that you put in the category, I think, of Jason Worth as a guy who helped establish a culture and establish good baseball in DC, which, yep. um, you know, he set the tone for being on those four uh, playoff bound teams. Um, same category, uh, really, as Jason Worth. More quiet guy. Um, But I think a a leader, a good guy to be around, Um, you know, players obviously liked him a lot. He was uh, well-liked amongst the media as well. Uh, At this point, it it is a shame that it had to end this way. You thought it might end a little bit more gracefully of him just kind of leaving in free agency. And at this point, he he goes with uh, Matt Adams, with Daniel Murphy. um, Who am I forgetting here?
1: Um, um trade deadline we did an emergency podcast on murphy yeah. and adams they stood pat I mean, that's pretty much it they stood pat kinsler kinsler right okay yeah. that was more of a that could have been that could have been a separate issue but yeah, yeah. kinsler left uh mattson yeah um but he follows Kelly. He,
0: he follows these guys in terms of the nats are, are selling cheap for a lot of these guys most of these guys that they've offloaded have, are on the final year of their deal And the names that you get back are hardly inspiring. Um, They're usually, you know, prospects that are outside the top 30 and cash considerations, those type things. It's mostly about offloading the rest of their contracts.
1: Right. The Nationals get back. I don't even remember the names, but I know it's a catcher (laughs) slash first baseman and a shortstop slash third baseman, both of which who only played at single A this year. So not and, you know, they're. Way down the line in terms of their progression and, and chances of reaching the big leagues, they're young guys, young prospects. Obviously, someone in the scouting department likes them, likes what they saw. But yeah, I mean, it just kind of goes back, Paul. We talked about this a hundred times on this podcast. You kind of wish they, w- if they were going to do this, they would have done this at July thirty first, and you would have gotten top tier prospects back and guys who would be ready to play, maybe even this September or next year or the second year. But no, these guys are further down the line. Um, we mentioned, hey, Mike Rizzo took a risk. He believed in this team. He he wanted to see it play out and it just didn't work out. So this is what you get. I mean, it's a gamble. We could have been talking completely, you know, had they won in August and maybe they were, were buying, you know, at this second quote unquote trade deadline. Yeah, uh, It could have been a completely different situation. So he took a gamble, obviously didn't pan out. And um, this is just kind of what you have to... You, the price you pay for that 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 risk.
0: Especially considering Gio Gonzalez's ERA was 3.78 at the trade deadline, and now it's 4.57. Pretty much all of his August starts were bad starts, uh, yep. so his trade value decreased. And as you go along with a guy on an expiring contract, their value is going to go down because he's able to make fewer and fewer starts yep. um, as you get down the stretch. Uh, so the Brewers pick him up uh, cheaply. It's just kind of all of this feels very just – disappointing it's not it's not a devastation it's not like what they saw up 95 with the orioles is in terms of you know blowing this whole thing up and starting from scratch it's just kind of yeah they underperformed and it's it's their own fault and it it just feels like these guys are just kind of ending their careers in uh dc unceremoniously and it's not what anybody wanted but that's what happens when you have a, a team that has high high expectations and then isn't a disaster, but just underperforms and just fails to live up to those.
1: Yeah, we we heard uh, Ryan Zimmerman a couple of weeks back being like, yeah, this is on us, you know, it's not on Mike, it's not on yeah. Davey, this is the players. The players have to play and perform, and we didn't, and we're not. So, yeah, it's, it is very unceremoniously away for the 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 season to end or it's not over yet I guess obviously on they won today good things happened today they won in a walk-off fashion today Bryce Harper playing hero tying the game in the ninth and then winning it in the 10th the Phillies and Braves each lost today so it's not over yet but I mean there's still a long ways to go full month of baseball to play and uh, you know I think anytime if we're thinking about this team and now it's Labor Day, and you're still seven and a half games back. That's a disappointment. I mean, there's no, even if they do make a run, it's still a dis The season has been disappointing. Um, and yeah, it's kind of sad to see guys like Gio uh, leave the clubhouse, leave this team this way. And like you kind of alluded to a little earlier, he was part of that. Group of guys who brought winning baseball to DC. I think it gets overlooked a lot too because everyone yeah. thinks of Ryan Zimmerman, Steven Strasburg back then, Jordan Zimmerman, yeah. uh, Bryce Harper obviously was a rookie in 2012 and you know the phenom coming up. Uh, and Gio has been a mainstay like we like we mentioned in this rotation. And then with guys like Strasburg, Zimmerman, then Scherzer, yeah. he kind of gets overlooked. Um, but you know he played a huge role. I mean, 20 wins in 2012, and yeah. he was the he, he's probably their MVP that season. Um, and the reason the big reason they made a, a run at the playoffs and won their first divisional crown. Yeah. So yeah, it's unfortunate the way it ends um also kind of weird. I mean, it was actually really sad because Paul like I said, we were watching the game and yep. you know, you, you you knew it wasn't official. They weren't going to make it official until after the game, but you could tell Gio knew and you know, so they're massing cameras all night were just catching him sitting at the railing and just kind of soaking it all in. The yep. last time he's going to be in a Nats uniform on that side. Um, It was kind of sad. And then, you know, the next day he's on the other side wearing a Brewers uniform.
0: And he was taking it all in, and he's an emotional guy. uh, And you could just see it in his face. He was, I think, appreciative of his time here and appreciative of the fans especially. And the next night, it was great to see that the fans got to give him an actual goodbye before the game. Uh, Him coming out of the Brewers dugout and and having his kids on the field and all that was was lovely to see as well. Um, But turning our attention now towards the future, Bobby. Yeah uh geo leaves a pretty big hole uh in the rotation for if for no other reason than he's a guy that always gives you starts and that's something that they have struggled with whether it be Strasburg, whether it be this year Hellickson, uh any number of guys uh that they are missing so looking forward to next year especially considering geo is a lefty and he leaves that hole you have max scherzer you have steven strasberg you probably have Tanner Roark. You'd think he'd be around. Yep. Beyond that, be, yep. Beyond those guys, wh- who do you have, and and what are you? Who are you confident in going forward besides the top three guys? Well, that's the question. Anybody?
1: Well, I can't. Two questions right there. Who do you have, and who are you confident in? Yeah. Those are two very different <laughs> questions because I can tell you who they have. They have Joe Ross is coming back. Uh, David Martinez confirmed today that yep. Joe Ross will be coming up, and along with Victor Robus we'll talk about talk about that later. Eric Fetty obviously is the one of their top pitching prospects still. Yeah. Um. I mean, and we know the Nationals are are pretty deep in pitching in, in the minor league, so they've got talent there, and obviously Tommy Malone still around um so that's who they have now who you're confident in is a different question because joe ross has had put together pretty good seasons uh you know his rookie year he put an era under three of three six four or sorry under four Uh, he had a three four three the following year won seven games and 19 starts but you know coming back from tommy john surgery last year was kind of a weird timing to have in the middle of the season so that's why it's you know he's not ready until this september yeah Guys with injury history, Eric Fetty is also a Tommy John guy. It's just, you know, who can you rely on these guys, really? And and, and uh, also Jeffrey Rodriguez, too. I mean, he doesn't have as much starting experience as the other two guys, but he's the guy that they've thrown out there a couple times and see what he can get, provide you. So those are the names of who they have, who you're confident in. I, I I would like to think and hope that given the full year of recovery, going through the Tommy John surgery, Joe Ross could be that guy to slide in and be your fourth starter. Yeah. I think
0: that's pretty optimistic at It this is very point. optimistic, but I mean in in theory, in theory he, fit, that, he he right. fits that role the best because when healthy he's the best of those guys, I think. Um you mentioned Jeffrey Rodriguez, Fetty as well. Um guys that have other made other starts, Austin Voth, but you know, that was one start, did not perform well. So there are there's no shortage of names to fill those roles, but none of these guys to me have really stuck out and proven themselves. I know this. they have supported Eric Fetty verbally and through the media, and they say that they think that he's going to ultimately be a contributor, but he just has not shown it yet, and he's, of course, struggled with injuries. Uh, Joe Ross, I think, when healthy, is the best guy. The, the other thing is, at this point, I think a lot of people are questioning, why bring him back now? He got injured last July uh, and underwent the Tommy John surgery. You have— less than a month left of the regular season, why would you not want to give him a full offseason to get back before he starts pitching games? I mean, do you need to maybe see what you have in him now and give him more opportunities to prove himself, but you don't need to do that. You can wait until next season. So why does it feel like all of a sudden he's back in the conversation when I feel like we were saving him for 2019 anyway?
1: Right. And it's a fair question. I mean, if anything, I would guess it's just to, you know, with the minor league season coming to a close, he's not going to have chances for like a rehab start or anything. We're playing playing down there. Um, I'm not sure exactly the rules in terms of sending him to fall leagues and stuff like that or or rookie level leagues for rehab. So, you know, it's he's on the right timetable. I would assume they wouldn't bring him back. I mean, the Nationals are very good with their injured players. They have had plenty of guys who have gone through Tommy John surgery. Yeah. Seth Romero just went under Tommy John, Tommy John surgery, so it's another one. But, you know, I would assume, and they have a good track record, that they wouldn't bring him back if he wasn't ready. They're not going to just throw him out there just to risk him getting hurt again. And right. also, he's a guy, like we said, they're kind of counting on for the future now that they don't have Geo and a solid fourth or fifth starter anymore. So, you know, if anything, with this, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, they're kind of punting on this season. What's their to lose, other than obviously him getting hurt again, but just giving him those three or four starts. Or even, I'm trying. To look, I'm looking through Mark Zuckerman's article on MadisonSports.com. It doesn't seem like they have, or they put out a plan for Joe Ross, so I don't know right. if it's going to be starts or relief, because he has relief experience a couple of times, so yeah. it will be relief appearances. Um, and My guess is just to get a couple innings in before the season ends while they can.
0: Yeah, and keep in mind also, it's not like they're just throwing him out there without having done any kind of rehab, I think. His rehab has gone under the radar, but he has rehabbed this season, six games, six starts with um, every level, really, of um, the Nationals organization's 21 innings and a cool 2.2, 2.39 ERA for Joe Ross. So okay. he has six minor league starts under his belt this season. So it's not like he's being thrown in there very cold,
1: right? And it's also like he's never been here before. Yeah, you know yeah, he has been. In the, he's got three. He's got almost fifty appearances in the major leagues. So he's a guy. You know he's not just going to be like a wide open yeah. eye wide eyed deer like in the headlights. So exactly. he he knows the guys he's going to be facing. So again, it's probably just minor league season coming to close need to get his innings up or to a comfortable area before the off season. And then you can like, go back into a full off season and, and try to rebuild back. Cause then you don't want him. also Paul conversely, you don't want him just sitting around yeah. I mean, not that he's not going to be working out or throw him or anything, but you know, that's going to be a year, almost two years of not a year and a half of not pitching in a big league game. Yeah. You don't want to get to opening day next year. And he's, you're a solidified fourth or fifth starter. And then he's like, oh man, I haven't seen big league pitchers and like our big league hitters in, in yeah. almost two years.
0: Yeah. It's a good point. That could shake him, especially considering he's still only 25. So there's a lot of room to grow there. Yep. Um, and you want to keep his confidence up as well. So Joe Ross coming off the disabled list. That was the first announcement. Second announcement coming from David Martinez. Victor Robles is coming back, Bobby
1: as if they don't have enough outfielders.
0: Yeah. They have Adam Eaton, Juan Soto, Bryce Harper, Michael A. Taylor, and now Victor Robles. And now Victor Robles. Or soon-to-be Victor Robles. Yeah.
1: Um, it's just so crazy to me. It's going to be interesting. I'm actually super excited. I've been... Everyone <laughs> talks about... Obviously, Juan Soto... I mean, to me, he's the rookie of the year. What this kid has done this season. Paul, you and I talk about it all the time. Yeah. His, his ability
0: to go opposite field as a left-handed hitter. To hit left-handed pitching. Oh, yeah. It's just unbelievable. He's been the, the offensive MVP, undoubtedly, right. for this team.
1: And he's getting better at defense. He's slightly, I mean, he's he's got a solid arm. He's getting a comfortable field in left he, field. Yeah. But... And so, all that said, he's still the number two prospect. Yeah. There's a guy who's ranked ahead of him, yeah. Victor Robles, who we saw come up last year for a mm-hmm. little bit and shown some flashes. Great speed on the base paths. He's a better defender than Robles. He can play center field uh, probably a little faster um, and has shown sneaky pop. I mean, he's probably not as big and strong as Soto is right now, but he's shown sneaky pop and, and can hit. And once he gets on the base path, that's just more speed. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot of young – I mean, I'm just – I want to see an outfield of <laughs> Soto, Michael A. Taylor, and Victor Robles. That is some speed out there. That is, and yeah. youth.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, although it might be light hitting for the short term. I mean, remember, Victor Robles did not have a – he showed flashes last year, but yeah. he did not have a great offensive month when he yep. was called up last September. This season, obviously, he dealt with that – uh kind of brutal injury that uh leg injury that no shoulder shoulder injury yeah he
1: dove one. for a ball in center field yeah. uh, at Syracuse and kind of rolled over on his wrist and arm and short I mean it, it, was, it was gross gross yeah <laughs> to <say> the least.
0: <laughs> gross to say the least uh yeah but so far uh in triple a this season hitting 273 he's got just two homers 10 rbis but Keep in mind, only thirty-nine games for him there, and so, only
1: six big league hits in his career. Like yeah. you said, no homers. I thought it was hilarious. I mean, again, he doesn't have the pop that Soto has, but he didn't. He didn't homer in those thirteen games last season. He won Soto homer in his second, his second start, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or his first start, his yeah. second appearance.
0: And uh, Robles is twenty-one. Which already sounds just so young yeah. to be up here, and just to think that Soto is two years younger—two years younger—absolutely um, absurd to think about. But Victor Robles—that's going to be exciting to see. The question is, how much is he going to play? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, where that's—that's that's a tough question. You, yeah, where can you slot? Where does Davey find time to to play him? Um, you know, there might be some pinch running scenarios um, or pinch hitting down yeah. the stretch and late late in games. Maybe some defensive substitutions, probably for Soto. On, I mean, you know, if it's coming at a home game, you need right. him for the top of the ninth. Throw him out there just because he's a little faster yeah. and better defensively. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a log jam in an outfield for the Nationals. So where is he going to play? That's kind of always the question this time of year when the rosters expand to 40 men. Where are these young guys going to play? How are you going to find time to get everyone their fair share of playing time? Because you can't – you're not going to bench Soto at this point. Yeah, Although – Davey has said that Soto will get his rest once Robles gets here, so I'm assuming there's going to be a day sometime this week that Robles yeah. will start over Soto to get Soto off his legs, but then he'll be right back in it. So it's a tough question. Davey's gonna have his work cut out for him, but that's why they pay him the big bucks.
0: And Davey also has we've seen him stick Adam Eaton on the bench to give him rest because we don't really know why. <laughs> well, oh, maybe because he's still <laughs> fully recovering from yeah. multiple injuries. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, that's what I think. I mean. Yeah. I get nervous watching Adam Eaton run out there, so I can yeah. only imagine the stress that Davy Martinez feels watching him because, I mean, just one uh, – I don't even want to think about it. Just one <laughs> bad slip. Yeah. And, I mean, I mean, such a great player. Has been great for the Nationals when he's on the field. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's been a great teammate and leader in the locker room since he's come over, and you would just hate to see that happen. So uh, Davey has been, I think, rightfully so cautious with him this season.
0: And if you wanted to bench any one of the three starting outfitters right now – for play for production reasons would probably be Bryce actually in terms of
1: well yeah I I mean if
0: you if of the three right yeah well definitely I'm sitting close to 300 mm -hmm. doesn't have the pop that Bryce has had this season but Bryce has been bad in the outfield um, plain and simple we've gone over that before. we've gone over yep Um, and he's walking and hitting homers but that average is still at 245 so if you wanted to bench any one of the three for any production reasons but obviously it's a little more complicated it's a little more complicated
1: than that yeah it's, and it is Bryce Harper you never want to take that power bat out of the lineup like yeah. that because I mean, we saw it today he, he drove in a two-run home run and then he drove in the game-winning run so because he's got that power he can go opposite field yeah he can hit the ball out of the park anywhere he goes it's just a matter you're right can he actually get the ball the barrel on the ball that's another question but yeah <laughs> benching Bryce Harper is also just kind of it's just a crazy sentiment like you're yeah, going to bench yeah. Bryce Harper, the former MVP. The guy going to make close to $400 million this offseason or whatever it may be. Yep. Um, yeah, but, I mean, it's it's a tough question. That's five solid outfielders you have, and you only got three spots every day. I mean, the one good thing I guess it provides, it does give, you know, if you get a solid rotation, figure it out, kind of like a five-man rotation of, of pitchers, get these three guys in, get them their at-bats, get them playing time, get them their rest. Yeah. So, you know, and they'll be fresh hopefully for a late push at you know either a wild card spot or, or the NL East if if maybe the Braves falter maybe the Phillies falter we'll see i mean I'm not, i know you're giving me that look i'm not saying it's going to happen <laughs> no but but just in case you know you want these guys fresh
0: it's a fair question and because we talked all season about the Phillies and Braves we're, they're going to they're going to falter down the stretch because they're young teams uh, we're going to see these these teams trip up we haven't really seen the Braves do that. We've seen the Phillies do that a lot recently. They have yet to get a win in September, 0-3, and they went just 13-14 in the month of August. So they are struggling. The Braves have hit some struggles. They've had to, you know, having to face the Red Sox this week. That's not an easy task. Nope. But um, it looks like, I mean, the Nats at this point, at the time of this recording, are seven and a half games out of that first spot for the NL least. Odds are Braves are going to hold on to that. Yep. Um. At, at this point, I mean, are you are you hoping for? Uh, obviously, you hope for a, a major comeback. Am I expecting one though? Yeah. No. I mean, and
1: Paul, I, we've said on here that I was I wouldn't say on the podcast, but I was thinking like this is not their year. Right. Back in July, like you could just things were. Even, baseball is a hard sport, man. I mean, 162 games. You to win not only to win, but to win consecutively and, and as often as we've come accustomed to the Nationals are doing, you need a lot of things to go your way. Yeah. And obviously there's been the debate, you're like, well, what if Dusty was still managing? Well, I still think the Nationals would be where they are if not only a couple games better than if Dusty were managing. said I mean, it's not Davey Martinez's fault. Sure, he's lost them a couple games. Every manager does. It's a 162-game season. No manager's perfect. Yeah. Um. But it just it just hasn't felt like their year. And, you know, <laughs> I think... DC baseball fans are still young and ignorant, maybe still running on that Caps Stanley Cup high, but they've kind of again grown accustomed to winning and now they just always expect it, which is fine. That's a good that's a good thing to have. Yeah. But then it's like it's even more disappointing when they don't reach that goal. And we have to understand it's like actually, you know, what they're trying to accomplish is very hard. Like, you know, it's not like it's a cakewalk, you know. Right. It's 162 games, you gotta win probably over ninety of them. Um, and then stay healthy, get the guys producing. Like, you know, you think about back to last year, they had guys like Matt Albers who had a career year, and now he is just buried right. in the Milwaukee bullpen. I and mean, he's got an ERA over five, I think, now. Right. He had one under two last year at the Nationals. You know, things just didn't go their way this year. And so, am I expecting it? No. But is it still possible? Yes.
0: I think what's frustrating is, too is at the beginning of the season, if you were to say Bryce Harper is going to have 30 home runs at the beginning of September, Juan Soto is going to come up and be a Rookie of the Year candidate.
1: Max Scherzer will be a Cy Young candidate again.
0: Yep. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman uh, will get back, slightly back to, uh, you know, the guy that we've seen. Anthony Rendon will be Anthony Rendon. Trey Turner will still have – will hit a career high be- in homers and – Leading the league or the
1: majors in stolen bases. Yep.
0: I would have said this team makes the playoffs. Yeah. I think no question this team makes the playoffs. I think it's just a, a matter of – Getting it all together, and we've we've talked about that over and over again. But it's frustrating because you've seen the pieces there; it's just getting it all together, and it's <laughs> it's just disappointing, is all it is.
1: Yeah, and then you think about yeah, that's all all that is well and good. But then you also think about they missed their number two starter for a chunk of the season and Steven Strasburg's DL stints, and then they missed their closer for now almost two or three months of the season. So yeah. that hurt. I mean, I, I don't I don't think people. You know, they just see the talent on this roster, this team's like they expect them to win, but then you, you you can't have your number two starter and your closer be out for this long and expect them to be competitive or anything better than five hundred. But
0: to me, last year they they had similar things happen to them. Max Scherzer missed starts. Steven Strasburg missed several starts last year. Uh
1: yeah, but not to this not this many. Not Steven this- he was out for a little bit, but it wasn't this long. And also Steven Strasberg came back and had an historic end of the season and playoff and playoff appearances. Right. You know, we're not getting that this year and that's almost like too much like you know, we're like, "Hey, how come you're not doing that?" I mean, that's like almost too much to ask of the guy. No one can I mean, he again, it was historic. Like right. we're not going to see that every year.
0: But to me, it's we've uh, it wasn't an excuse last year and now it is. Do you know what I mean? It's I,
1: I just think more things have gone wrong this year than last year. And maybe maybe it seems that way because they're playing bad. Right. Uh we have maybe we have to look deeper into like the actual disabled list and who got hurt and when and for how long right. last year compared to this year. I just think it does seem like more things. Also, you know, think about it, last year, the Braves and Phillies weren't this good last yeah. year. So yeah. even if that stuff did happen, then it didn't really bother them. And that's because their competition wasn't as good. Their competition's really good this year. And so that I think that probably, you know, magnifies their losses even more. It's like, oh, because now we need to put our best players out there as often as we can to compete. And they can't do that.
0: Absolutely. So turning the page, I guess, towards next season because you just can't expect it at this point. And when the front office has essentially punted on the season, you should probably follow suit.
1: Right. I'm looking forward to my October.
0: Are you? You're going to have your October also? I think
1: you and I are going to have some nice little October golf outings. uh, Yeah. Talking about, you know... An Orioles rebuild and a, a Nationals. Who knows in twenty nineteen? Interesting free agent market this year. We should, obviously,
0: we should do a golf podcast. Yeah, I
1: hook like up it. hook up some of these live mics to us and yeah, grab an intern and just hit the links.
0: Yeah, What That'd do you usually fun. shoot, Bobby?
1: I so Montgomery County kid. So I shoot Sligo. Sligo is my course. Sligo, it's a nine hole par three. Yeah, it's oh a par three. A it's a par three. It's so much fun. Oh my god, play at twilight. It's like ten bucks. It's just. You, you walk. Like a dream, but you walk. That's, you that's grab. Not real golf. You. It's not real golf, but it's just. So, <laughs> it's just so much fun, like yeah. you know. And you just, you know, grab a couple of brews, and you know, it's just. Like, it's a that's, good time.
0: That's fair. The other thing is, uh, you're gonna spend your October watching some uh, Terps football.
1: Terps football, yeah. Big win against Texas. Um, I get to go to homecoming. Sometimes I don't get to go to homecoming because we're traveling or covering playoff games. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, it'll be fun. But team's not over yet. Still got a month to go. Things can happen. Things couldn't happen. So. Yeah. You know, and like I said, interesting free agent market, you know, obviously headlined by Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. Yeah. Um so
0: And Clayton Kershaw. And
1: Clayton Kershaw I was gonna say Clayton <laughs> Kershaw too. But so it's gonna be interesting to see where those guys land. There's gonna be plenty of baseball to talk about you know, what I'm actually more interested is that usually back when this was the District thirty four podcast slash yard work over on the yep. Orioles side, we would stop at the end of the season. I'm You and I are going to still be around this offseason. We can still talk playoff baseball. We can still talk free agency, any big moves, signings, what have you. World Series teams. um, It could be fun to keep the pod going um, in the offseason.
0: This is a good point. Be sure to listen to us the whole time. Follow us on Twitter, by the way, at Paul Mancano. At
1: Bobby underscore Blanco. Uh,
0: Be sure to like and subscribe. SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) rate,
1: review, share, subscribe. Spread the word. Um... We're still hanging with these teams. I hope you are too. Uh, for Paul Mancano, Bobby Blanco, we'll catch you next time.